Hello and welcome to Fireside Chat number 30. Uh, it's been that long. Uh, so as always, we, we pick a topic just before um, we, we start recording and um, you know we, we have, a, have fun discussing the topic, sharing information, sharing knowledge, but also our, our opinions. And a lot of them are quite unqualified, uh, but we hope that you find them useful. And as always, if, if you like it, click subscribe so, so you're notified when, when a new episode comes. And also give us some comments, give us some encouragement by hitting like the like button if you do like it. Um, so without further ado, um, the topic for uh, today is actually a very important topic. It's about XP, extreme programming. And what we want to discuss today is how relevant is extreme programming in, in today's, in this, this day and age, right? So it's been around for quite a while. So how relevant is it now that we have so many other practices and way, uh, ways of working and mindsets around? So who wants to go first? <sighs> so, well, uh, why, why don't we, how do we even, uh, what, what do we, how do we even see extreme programming? Like, because uh, I know that we might have slightly different views. Like, do we consider this as a methodology or, or like a, a group of practices? Like, uh, I, I can I can tell you. Like, I think this is a good because not everyone might be familiar. So I'll tell you like what I think extreme programming is first. Yeah, and then we we can talk about how relevant it is. So my understanding is uh, extreme programming started as a group of practice uh, and that was first tried in the C3 project for Chrysler in, in Detroit. And, and then they put a lot of those practices together. They had like Kent Beck, they had Ron Jeffries, they had like Martin Fowler, they had Chad Hendricks or uh, uh, what the other one, uh, forgot, uh, Ward Cunningham and quite a few people in that project. And they were trying a few different practices for the time. And they, they started always like, okay, let's try that practice oh is it a good idea yes okay let's do that all the time oh what about this so what if we uh start working together all the time and pairing everything we do oh that sounds a good idea okay let's do that all the time what if you write the test okay let's write the test right okay let's do that all the time what if we try to integrate more often the work that we do okay let's do that all the time and this thing about taking some practices that they judged uh important or uh good practices and pushing them to the limit, trying to apply in everything that they did. That's where the name extreme came from. So extreme programming. And then, so this was in the mid nineties. And then later on, because they had a, a focus on the short feedback loop, inspect and adapt at all levels, it became part of the umbrella that uh, later in 2001 became known as uh, agile, but it's one of the, so this is why I was saying that story because I consider extreme programming an agile methodology although it came it was created before agile but it shares that inspect and adapt at multiple levels and that is what qualifies it to be under that umbrella so i see extreme programming as an agile methodology full of practices and values that's my take on xp how about you jose um i i don't know the the we use the word methodology quite likely. Um, for me, methodology would be more like, you know, the, the rational unified process kind of thing, no? where you have like all of these prescriptions on 
you know, very detailed and so on. So I think it's more, um, let's say, like a framework uh, in which to within which to work. No, um, and it, oh, it and it's not just a collection of practices for me. It, it, there is a mindset behind it. There is a process behind it, although. We can discuss that, but not a lot of people know what the mindset is or what the process is. They they tend to stick with, with just the practices, and um, yeah, I would I would call it more like a like a framework than an you know a very. Uh, I I would agree with you, Jose. I call it framework not in the sense of like a very rigid bunch of things, but you know, like a framework, like a value ways framework. of working. Yeah, ways, ways, ways of working. Yeah, and and I think it's important what you said, Sandro, is that you know they, uh, by by the way, ex they've always uh, quite a few of the originators of XP or extreme programming have said that you know they regret calling it extreme because there's nothing extreme about it. It's it's just sensible things, right? And it's it's to me like when these are things born out of trial. And th these things have worked, and let's you know, let's put them out, and let's have other people adopt them because they worked really well for them. And a lot of them are are very sensible. And yes, I I would call it a framework because even the a lot of the XP proponents, when they talk about practices, they said these are just the practices that we we kind of came up with at the time, and they've always said that they meant to evolve. In fact, they were evolving it, and they. They saw nothing wrong with uh, practices uh, that originated elsewhere to then become part of the XP practices as well. So they, so they, they never created this kind of like a closeness. It's an, they created an open framework. They said like even the values. They, they you know like if I look, think about the Kent Beck's XP explained second book, he comes up with I think four or five values, but then he I distinctly remember him saying there are other values. There are values that you may also have. And these are just the ones that we found useful. But, the, you know, it's more about, again, a framework for choosing values or allowing values to, to form the basis of your ways of working. And then the, he talks about principles in XP. But again, he talks about principles taking from values, coming up with principles to bridge the gap between the the practices, the practices and, and the, the values. values. Yeah. 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 And so at the higher level, at a meta level, he is describing or they are describing a framework. A framework on how you could do sensible things. And by the way, here is a very concrete example. And you could do worse than just adopting and uh, adopting and then adapting them. So there is there is quite so, and it's that meta framework that is actually the more important aspect. And the values, principles, and practices are a snapshot in time. And for a particular thing, that actually could be a good starting point for a lot of people. That's yeah, I, I, I use like a, a methodology more on the light uh, weight kind of sense, like because I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Although, like uh, you, you see that a lot of the implementations they they tend to be a bit more dogmatic in terms of okay, those are the practices that we have, so we need to follow those practices and stuff. And as soon as we start going that direction, is when you start becoming you know, a stronger sense of a methodology of following a method 
instead of just having a framework that you work under, right? So, yeah. so, so maybe yeah, the reason- that's not the intent. That, that's yeah. more the application that people who kind of miss the intent yeah. to some level. That, 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 that uh, can be true as well, because I remember they talking about as a framework, but you can also find definitions uh, where it, it defines uh, XP as a, as a method. But, but, but yeah, I think that it's a, it's a good distinction, because uh, this is probably like, uh, in terms of relevance, it is a good distinction. One, one thing is to say, like, those are a set of guiding principles or this framework that you work under. Uh, the other one is like, yes, there are quite a few practices in there. And if you just focus on applying them, they become a little bit a more dogmatic approach of, uh, of implementing XP. And then it, it gets much closer to a, a stronger methodology that you follow a method. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So the, the, this is the thing, because also I think this is quite a, a relevant question because we interview a lot of people and at least in, in my experience here in the Spanish market, we get people who know about the practices of XP, but they don't know about XP, mm-hmm. right? And and they I think know that's... about some of the practices, not all. I yeah, know. exactly, exactly, the exactly. Very right? few practices. Yeah. So, so they, they, you know, they know things like TDD or pair programming, this kind of stuff, or, or continuous integration, things like this. Um, but they don't understand where that comes from. They don't understand how the practices fit together. They don't understand. Like, there, there's a lot of things that they don't. It, yeah, it, haven't it's, thought it's, about. It's, it's almost sad, really, that, t- for example. test-driven development or test first, as it was originally described, has become a much bigger and much known thing, which is a practice, an example of a bunch of practices in a framework that is about values and principles, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, say people say, what's XP? Test-driven development or pay programming. No, no, that's not like it's a thing in there but it's like you're describing the whole with with, with a very tiny part basically but, but, but see like for example when you talk about relevance uh because those practices that you mentioned because like uh i invite like people uh listening or watching uh just to, to google for extreme programming practices and you go to the images and try to find images because like you see like uh three circles of practices where the inner circle will have uh more technical practices, more tech practices that are closer to the code, as the examples that uh, Mesh and Jose gave, like in terms of uh, refactoring, t- test-driven developer, pair programming, and, and stuff like that, right? So, and as you start going wider to the outer uh, layers, you start having more collabora- collaborative uh, practices that are more related to team agreements and how you plan releases and, and, and how to, to work with other roles in your organization that starts even getting almost like a, a getting very close to what Scrum to a certain degree describes, right? So, so that is like a, when, when XP, XP talks about like the outer practices, the more behavioral interaction practices, they, they start overlapping with other methodologies. And this is for me like one of the interesting things because like as there are other agile frameworks or methodologies. I don't want to go back to that previous discussion, but like as there are other, uh, I'll call it methodologies just to simplify, but like other disciplines in Agile that promote certain things like that, mainly Scrum. Um, 
would it be one of the reasons where, like, for example, XP became very focused on the, the very technical disciplines because there was nothing like it. Uh, and then the other methodologies that were more focused on processes and collaboration, they end up getting that space, if you like. And then XP was reduced more to the technical practices. That, that's kind of uh, the feeling that I, I have. Yeah, no, I, I personally think that XP is, is a complex thing and to understand it, it because it's not prescriptive is the reason that it's so test first part is prescriptive you know it's mm -hmm. very easy to understand you know there's book on it can like in self wrote a very good book on it um, and so it's easy to get your head around and it's very narrow right in my uh, similar to, to I would say scrum it's very prescriptive you know, it's very easy to start adopting it, right? XP is, uh, uh, of all those practices, is the one, in my view, that is is more meta. It's it's It has these values and principles, and, and even above that, it, it describes these ways of, of working, or, and I think they are very difficult to, to prescribe. They're not about prescription. They're about understanding, a much deeper understanding. And even like Ken Peck himself talks about the, the role of a good XP coach on when, when somebody's because they they because they're not prescriptive, you can't just pick up a book. I mean, you can, but you really have to really try to understand it in order to apply it because they almost have a philosophical aspect to them that is actually quite difficult at a more uh superficial level to apply they have and, to be applied deeper if you want to apply it holistically and i think that makes it very difficult to apply or very difficult to prescribe very difficult to say do this do this do this do that for every context because it's meant to be adapted for its context for every okay i i understand that but i i have a counterpoint for that because Kanban, for instance, is also not very prescriptive. And Kanban has a much bigger adoption rate, I would say, than, than XP in many, in many contexts that, that we are, you know, that, uh, that we uh, uh, I would say and, Kanban is narrow in narrower in scope than XP is, much narrower in scope. It's narrowing its scope. Okay, but but what you said is what you said it was kind of like it's not that prescriptive, and and I'm comparing prescriptiveness. No, no, I I know, but like if you got you, so the narrower you get into something, the more prescriptive you get it. So if we are uh, if we are discussing what is more prescriptive and what is less prescriptive, I think you know you got Scrum, you got Kanban, and you got XP, which is where a lot less prescriptive. If you're looking at the thing holistically. I, I I disagree. I, I have Kanban on, on less prescriptive, then you have something less Trump, and then you have something like XP, which, you know, for me, uh, goes into a much uh, higher level of detail uh, on, you know, describing specific practices and, and things like that. So so I, I kind of disagree with that. You you want to tell me? I, I'll tell you uh, no, my no, no. theory. Okay, okay. So what, what I'll I'm tell actually, you my sorry. theory about it. I'll no, no. Well, let me let me tell you. Let me tell you. I, I think uh, what I'm talking about is not the practices part of XP. Practices part are prescriptive. What I'm talking about is applying XP at a deeper level, which is about the values and the principles, and understanding some of the like the and even when we talk about the XP practices, 
the ones that that really people adopt like testing and development so they they are prescriptive but there are certain other practices in xp that don't get adopted uh like energized work or metaphor they are i i, they I are agree not prescriptive i agree and this, they don't get, get adopted but the, then the, you get the other stuff that doesn't get adopted at all i i see it like in layers right like kanban yeah has values and and a couple of uh, of principles that they give you that's about it visualize the yeah visualize the uh, the work you know manage the work uh, manage the flow etc etc right like this like this values this principles that's about it the, the, anything else you you can make it whatever you want yeah yeah then but you it's... have sorry go oh, the, then you have a scrum uh you know the pdca you know this is you know feedback loops you know you have it at the day level at the no and you're uh you're learning no but i'm giving you roles i'm giving you you know specific uh, events that Ceremonies, you need to yeah, do yeah. etc right uh and then you have xp yeah which for me you know has some of those things uh, as well plus the engineering practices and so on so for me from the point of view of prescriptiveness on on things that you know you can start from and you can adapt and all you want but you know there's there is this list here that you can start from and it's more uh detail i would say or more exhaustive uh, to some extent for software development at least no and uh, you can work for that my theory is not so much the less prescriptive my theory is that xp did not create a business around it and this is the main difference because when you have a business around it then it's in people's interest to promote that uh, and get it applied in places and so on and this is why i think scrum for instance is very popular kanban is now very popular as well with the kanban university and everything that uh, david anderson has been doing and so on and xp doesn't have that it has the books it has the mindset it, like it, it's not lacking any like i'm saying it's a really good we we use it no like the, we use it because we think it's the right way uh, to to build software no and to 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 drive that but it is missing that incentive to make it uh, widespread and so on so people tend to pick the the specific practices that solve their issue and that's what drives the adoption of whatever no if it's i have a problem with quality a maybe we should do testing and we should do uh, let's let's try this if i have a and that's my theory behind this right like the the driver is uh, usually more at the individual level than it is at the global level or or macro level if you if you like what I, do you I think, think? I know I I personally think it's a very good theory and I think it can there can be many reasons but I think w- one of the reasons that if the people could not package it up is is because of its scope as well right it is it's vast it's it, it's it's quite it's quite a big thing I I I totally agree that like creating a business creating certification so on in in some ways uh, having like an army of you know coaches coming in who kind of whose business it is and ha- has helped things like scrum and has helped things like lean and uh, or kanban specifically um and that would and i agree with that but i think part that's one of the reasons and i think the other reason is that it is a much more bigger in scope thing and actually to de- apply it holistically it's it's much bigger it's a more complete uh 
I will use the word framework because I don't want to go back to framework versus methodology, right? So <laughs> you, you call it, you use framework, methodology, uh, and yeah. what was the other one? Discipline. Discipline. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so the, the, so, so it is certainly far more complete, let's say. I, I think that when you adopt XP as a whole, following all the, everything that is inside XP, there's, there's not a lot more that you might need. Hmm. There, there is less things to complement than if you just adopt some of the other things that are far less prescriptive or they're more high level and you need to do far more on your own and put more things together in order to achieve the, the actual results that you need, mainly when you get to the engineering side. Um, there is a, the, the theme, like we were talking about the relevance, uh, there is... When you talk about relevance, it's, it's a complicated one because one thing is to say, like, are those practices, regardless how they, how popular they are today, how how well known they are today, are they still relevant in terms of if we were adopting today, do they still make sense or they are superseded by other things? And another thing is like the relevance in terms of are people talking about, are they popular? And I think that popularity-wise, they had a PR problem. That's, that's my, my, my view. I think that the branding of extreme programming was very narrow because it really brought that down to programming. And that was not something that was appealing to a lot of businesses that would invest money uh, to do that. The word extreme was also probably against them a bit for more conservative uh, businesses. And they had like uh, the whole, uh, even like in the early days, for example, even the, the, the training courses on... on uh, on XP and stuff, they were very focused on the low-level technical disciplines and not in the, the holistic uh, uh, framework. So, so, so they had a PR problem. But I think that another thing is to say they lost space. Other uh, <laughs> methodologies uh, uh, became far more popular. And then, of course, that we were all in the agile world. Plus, hey, what is the engineering side? And that led to craftsmanship, but that's a, a different conversation. So... But if we go back today, so XP, I think, like it's fair to say that didn't reach the main, didn't reach its full potential in terms of adoption. Yeah. As it could have reached if they had had done things slightly different. But, but, are they, but is, it still, is it still relevant? I think that's I think probably the I, question. Sorry, go on, Jose. Go on. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I, I personally think, I, I agree with everything you said, Sandro, except the bit that some things replaced it because nothing replaced it. In a lot of the cases, a lot of the cases, I can't see, or, I mean, we can no, talk not about in things full. like... Huh? Not in full, not in full, but parts of it, certainly. Uh, so, so, for example, the, the way that XP, I mean, I'm going to pick an example. It talks about simplicity and simple design, mm -hmm. right? I, I haven't seen software being talked about in that way with any other in fact i can name i don't want to name certain other methodologies which complicate it more than they, they need to and in fact this goes so that's one thing for example and i can pick quite a few examples where the continuous delivery for example continuous integration has uh continuous in delivery has you one can imagine that it's replaced it but actually frequent releases was a concept in XP. And yes, continuous delivery elaborated on it, right? So I could say that that may, may have 
replace one or two of, of his practices. But I think a lot of the stuff that it talks about, I don't see a lot of other frameworks or methodologies talking about. No, uh, yeah, on the technical side, potentially, uh, but like, but for some these other examples, like, uh, it's not that it's a one-to-one -one replacement, but like other uh, more well-known disciplines talk about certain specific values, like small releases, uh, for example, or uh, collaboration, like the, the, the sense of a whole team, of integration of teams and stuff, even automation, taking certain uh, like continuous integration to to far a far uh, more advanced level, like with mm -hmm. all the the continuous delivery and yeah, for certainly for some, yeah, yeah. Right? So I, so I, certain I things like they are even like the the the, the metaphor that are again other dis design disciplines that would bring business. They are far more specific about bringing business and code together. Uh, so. So then when you think about it, because other methodologies uh, also tackled some of the, the practices of XP, they, they, they were, the XP ones were not strong enough, in, at least in the message, to, to, to live on their own. And then what, what was left was what was not common, what was not targeted by anyone else that are the technical disciplines. No, not just the technical. There are some other aspects as well. But sorry, Jose. One, one, one thing that I would say is that even because uh, you were saying before that it had a bit of a PR problem, no, because of the focus or let's say the, the aim, no, the, the target audience for something like that, no, like developers. Design. And I, I think at that it also kind of failed, to be honest, because mm -hmm. this, this is what we see. Like we see people, True. you know, they know TDD or they, True. but they don't know what it is. So, so th that's still a failure, even for the intended, the developer uh, community. Uh, intended audience. No, and yeah. the other thing that I feel also uh, took away from it was the, let's say the, the ability of other methodologies to integrate the practices, right? Because you don't see, you know, if you go to a scrum team, no, a lot of the times you hear them talking about practices that no, uh, or, or I don't know, other other things that are related to that as user stories or things things like that. No, are part of they they got integrated into the into these other frameworks, although they're not part of the description of the framework. But nobody uses them without no the the those practices, and I feel like that also to quite a lot away from it so so that e ease of being able to pick apart the the areas that you needed no and put them into other uh, frameworks is what i feel also took away from it and, it and it makes it a bit of an unknown kind of thing right because what is prevalent is the the big thing no the the scrum the safe the whatever right and then uh, you have all of these practices in there that are not from those frameworks, but they are necessary because you're still doing software, right? Um, and nobody talks about anything else but the practices, right? And it's not even I, part of the conversation to, to be honest. I, I, and I, I think like maybe, you know, the, this is part of the thing that makes me makes me a bit sad because like I, as you might have guessed, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of XP. And I, as a holistic thing, I don't see anything rivaling it. And I think part of this is that although it has had all these kind of um, a PR problems, as you said, it's, it's been not packaged well, as you said, 
all those things. But Sandro, your, your question was around relevance. I personally mm -hmm. think that yes, certain things have been, as you said, have been replaced and even elaborated on and so on. But XP still has a lot that can teach us and that is not taught anywhere else. And it's, it's put in a very nice, cohesive package, the, the source material. You know, you, you can do much worse than, you know, read XP explained from uh, the second edition by Kent Book, right? Kent Beck. And, and I, I, I personally think that it's very, very relevant. I, I personally think that it's more relevant today than it ever was as systems are getting more complicated, as our solutions are getting more complicated. As you know, we are like you know we are constantly suffering from uh, the, uh, you know what we kind of in the old days used to call the agile hangover and all those kind of things, right? And and more and more systems need modernization, and the principles, the values, the practices, the ways of working, and the emphasis that it puts on like simplified design and all those things are actually even more important today than than they ever were. So you know that I, I went through phases with this as well uh, in terms of my, of course, in the early days of uh, craftsmanship. And I, and I don't really don't want to go off on a tangent and start bringing the craftsmanship to, uh, to this conversation. But, but I think that during that time, just the, the years just before craftsmanship or, or in the early days of craftsmanship, I was uh, uh, a diehard uh, extreme fan. Extreme programming fun because, like, that's what we were trying to. That was the 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 the, the complaint or, or the, the the frustrations that that a lot of developers, including ourselves, had back then with Agile is that the technical disciplines were left behind, and in which technical disciplines, the extreme programming disciplines, right? So extreme programming was left behind. It didn't get to that same level of popularity or, or adoption, let's say, that we all wanted it to have. Right. So and that was a frustration because we wanted XP to be widely adopted. We wanted XP to be the way we worked. Right. Mm. And we had to push that. Uh, like the craftsmanship was pushing XP. It's so like, hey, this exists. We want that. But uh, over the years, uh, I, I start changing my, my relationship with XP. Because I, I kind of, it's not about giving up on XP, but it's not that far either. Because what I felt is, in order for the framework, <laughs> the XP framework, to evolve, it needs a strong community and is a strong driver, business driver. And, and, and when it lacks, and, and I'm not talking because every time I say that, there's always like someone on Twitter that you shout at me, because, ah, I'm still alive. But, but I'm talking about like, uh, of course, there are still people that are still there uh, uh, pushing XP and stuff. But it's a very small community today compared to what it was before. I don't think that is a, is a community that has the strength uh, to, to, to bring XP to mainstream today. And I think that they already missed the boat to have the business appeal today. That, that, that ship has sailed. Uh, but who are they? So no, but this, this is the thing. So when you talk, when you look at uh, Kanban, Jose already mentioned, there is a person that 
is talk Kanban, you think about Dave Anderson and there is a Kanban university and there are a few organizations around that. You think about Scrum, you think about Ken Schraber and Jeff Sutherland, you think about the Scrum Alliance, you think about a, a, a program, you think about like a lot of marketing behind that. So there is a, a, a community. There are a few leaders and there is a, a live community that has a business uh Several several conferences as well, you know, like exactly. e events, like global, uh, uh, renowned kind of uh, things. Yeah. So they all keep over the evolution place. and stuff. So so uh, th this is this is what I'm trying to say. Like like, uh, do I think that uh, the extreme programming practices and values and that combination of practices and values relevant today? Yes, I do. I find it relevant for some, and, and what do I mean by relevant? If someone says, like we, we adopt those principles. Right? That's what I'm saying. That's why my question was, who are they? Are we not the XP people? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> anyway. it depends. We are the ones that we find those practices relevant and we bring them to the things that we do. But we are not the the the, the bearers, the, 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 flag the bearers. ones carrying uh, the flag bearers traveling the world, evolving. This is our thing, like evolutions, like pushing that forward, doing those integrations, making sure that it's always uh, prominent in the, the, the global discussions and stuff. So we don't do that. And there's not a lot of people do that. And the very few that do that, I admire, but it's not enough. So, yes. so then uh, what I feel is that I find it's relevant because if, if you didn't find it relevant, we would not use that in our own company. So relevant it is. But... I think that today, I, the way I, uh, I don't think ex about XP as I used to think before. I don't look at it as a full-blown framework and stuff, although I know it is, but I find it easier to think about other things now, other disciplines that complementers or, or evolve the, the, you still use some of the practice, but like, you know what, there is a, a set of practices and values that I like, I want to keep, but I don't think that, for example, OXP is going to evolve. XP is that, and in, if you need anything else, we need to go outside. We cannot just keep... It's not going to go beyond what it is. I, I think if you, if you look at it from the point of view of the movement, then I I'm inclined to agree with you. But, and, and that side, yes. But as a body of knowledge, mm -hmm. it exists and it's very much alive. In the sense that, as you said, it's extremely relevant. And as a body of knowledge, more people, especially people coming into the software development industry, need to really read, read those books and really read, need to try to understand a lot of it. Because a lot of the, the problems that we face in the software industry today, there are elements in there that actually seek to address those things. So I, I think as a, whether it exists as a movement and whether it's adopted by lots of people and, and the flag bearers are calling on and the many communities exist uh, and they call it extreme programming, I couldn't care less. What I do care about is that as a body of knowledge, it's, a, it's, it, it's, it's prevalent, it's relevant and that it's prevalent. That people still, they, you know, whether you bash the movement as much as you, you want but or the name or whatever but the knowledge that it contains that should always be considered the more important part right and that knowledge exists and it's just like going to read a a great uh, uh paper on something 
you know, things that often change the industry in, in a better way. I think we, we could do much worse than actually really trying to understand the body of knowledge that exists around XP and how, P, how the, the originators and even people coming afterwards actually described and, uh, uh, and elaborated on XP. Yeah, but just just to be clear, I was not bashing uh, anything. What, oh, what sorry, I, was saying. No, I didn't. I didn't yeah. mean you were bashing, but I right. didn't know a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I don't, uh, to be fair, I, I don't think that nowadays people really bash that either, because like I don't even think that people consider XP more than a few practices, because that's what like a lot of people today uh, w- would think about. They would name a few, a handful of practices, mostly technical, uh, and they might like or dislike, but I don't think that they go on and, and criticize anything because this is the problem that, that XP as, as a body of knowledge, this is what for me is what is left, mm-hmm. is a body of knowledge. The same way that there are other body of knowledges that I like, some books that I read in the past that are 20 years old that I still think that are relevant. And I said, well, this is still a good body of knowledge, but that's about it. It's not going to go beyond than that. Uh, and I think that as things keep evolving, it becomes, it's not less relevant, but it's not enough anymore because we, the world is evolving so much. Like we, we, we're not talking about uh, Kanban in, in, in uh, uh, mid-90s. Certainly we're not talking about the cloud. We're not talking about DevOps. We're not talking about many other practices, uh, continuous delivery and, and things like that. And, and for me, like, although I still love it, as you said, Mesh, if you ask me today, is there a single body of knowledge that is as important for the way that we work today, just as a single, if you had to pick one? Mm-hmm. I don't think that there is one that is as good as XP yet. But I don't see that anymore like that. I see that, okay, what is good in this body of knowledge that is still very important? But I sometimes, in order to explain certain things, mainly the, the way that we collaborate, the way that we release software, the way that we integrate with other areas, and, and we, the way that we connect to business, I prefer to use different bodies of knowledge that are more current, more active, to talk about those subjects than try to go back and talk about whole team or, or uh, continuous delivery starting from small releases or planning game. So I would not be talking about customer tests going back to XP. I would talk about tests how we do today outside XP. It might still be similar or even the same, but it will be far more relatable to use more current. Uh, one one thing uh, that I would say, uh, Matt, is that I, I agree it's very relevant. It's It's... But it, it requires as well uh, the, uh, the the prevalence or adoption in order for it to be even more. No, it's a bit like the tree that falls in the middle of the forest, no, and nobody hears it or whatever, right? Like, yes, if you have a, you know, it's like the the lost tome or uh, of XP kind of thing, right? Like nobody's read it, nobody. Then it, it's not. It's like it doesn't exist, you know what I mean? And for me, that's the part that is missing. It's not that it's not relevant in the content and in, in what is needed. Is that in order for that to make the industry better and have the, the, the impact that it can have, because this is what we're talking about, right? Like there, it, it can have a great impact, 
But in order to have that great impact, it also requires the volume and the adoption, no? And that part is 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 missing. And I, I would, yeah. And I, I would agree with that with, with you, Jose. But the, the fact is that certain aspects of XP are are prevalent, right? Like TDD, pair programming, all those things. Yeah. Now, it's the source material that sets the context of how they are applied. Often. What gets what happens is that these things are applied, but in a in a in a bad way, right? Test driven development is a is a, is a, a very good example, and I although I I agree with you that you know in order to make it more relevant, more prevalent, more people you know it needed to have that um, adoption, and it didn't get that. But parts of it do have it, and I think you know we should be the way i see it is that we we should we should be looking back at the reasons why these practices came about in the first place and and xp describes them very well right so especially things that come from it that are kind of almost unique to it like things like pair programming testing and so on if you then take those things and working back through the principle towards the values, you really start getting to understand it. You know, to, to me, it's that same problem that we had with, you know, the Gang of Four patterns, right? The Gang of Four patterns was, you know, they read uh, Christopher Alexander's a patterns language and they tried to do it. And, and it was a bad implementation of what was a, a, an excellent idea. But you kind of go back and you start understanding the, the importance of patterns, and then you kind of come to your own conclusion on how patterns can be applied, but you know, not those gang of four patterns. So the same thing, I think, you know, like even taking something like testing development is a complex practice and more people shoot themselves in the foot with it than actually make it work well for them. And I think part of that is lacking that source knowledge on why they came to be and what the reasons behind them were. Yeah, but but I don't think that uh, this will be. Uh, for example, I, I I lost hope that extreme programming will be mainstream one day. I think that that ship has sailed a long time, and and, and I think that it was about around two thousand and eighteen, maybe our first. Uh, I think in our first SC London, the Software Craftsmanship London conference, uh, I had a, a slide. I was I was trying to understand how popular software craftsmanship was, and I was looking, and that probably that goes back to 2017 or 18. I don't remember which year that I, I was uh, presenting it. And I remember that I had a slide that I was looking for the, a lot of uh, meetup groups, what the relevance of certain terms, or that means which terms appeared in how many communities just to understand what was more popular than that. So for example, TDG was like three, four times more popular than extreme programming. So the, the meetup groups that mentioned TDG in the description were three, four times more than the ones that would mention XP. And, and if I had to guess, uh, today it just became even wider, that, that, that difference. I think that the people that talk about TDG today are far more than the ones that talk about XP. So for me, TDG is completely overshadowed extreme program. Not overshadowed, maybe it's not the right term, but like 
it, it is a practice and because the TDG, what happened with TDG, although it's true the adoption is not as wide as we would like to see, um, but it has a business appeal today. The market, the, 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 the industry is a bit more mature and more accepting or even like uh, not even accepting is demanding even test automation and through uh, so you find far more today than we found 15 years ago 15 years yeah, ago and, we were convincing and, everyone and, and one thing is because before you said there are parts that are still that are mainstream what I don't see happening is those parts bringing in the rest Right, mm -hmm. like that. That I don't see happening. It's like they have been exported out of it. They're they're yeah. being integrated into something else. Uh, yeah. But you know, I don't see the conversation happening. Like, it, it's not going to happen. That hey, wait. By the way, where you know how did TDD come to be? Right, like that's not a question that people are no, asking. That's not a conversation. Right? Yeah, that's not a. So so getting back to that root is what I don't see from the prevalence of the things that are mainstream. Is, is no, I, I I agree with you. That's not yeah. That's not what I was trying to say. I was more trying to say that you know it's good to go back to try to understand the reasons behind the thing that you're doing. Whether that then is going to somehow magically bring the other parts of XP back, no. Because, again, all the problems, as you discussed, about its adoption remain. And I think they, they are, again, like all the things you've said, I agree with. But I also think that it's because of its scope, because of certain aspects that are not like do this and that and that and that and that. Because it doesn't have that kind of packageability as a holistic thing. It doesn't have that packageability like other things have, right? It's not an easy sell. But I think also because of the way it is, the very down-to-earth philosophy that it comes from, right, is also what, I, in my opinion, and I'm just, this is conjecture, is what drove, like, because it came from, in my view, this is just my opinion, it came from a good place. It came from people with a good heart, and they were not thinking about uh, making it a business. <laughs> I, I think that, that uh, this is, uh, yeah, I understand it was an opinion because I think that there are the, the two sides. You can have people that are, well, let's say we could, they have questionable intentions when they are promoting certain things or, or creating a business. But there are things that are good and strong and they are easy to digest and they, they themselves will create a demand because if people look at it and so say, you know what, although it was not created as a business, like uh, it is a thing that we want to adopt. And TDD is one of them. It took a long time. TDD had a very rough path, right? So we as developers that we, like how much we suffered that, like companies would reject, would not give you time for that. So, uh, so I mean, like we were trying to push TDD. We had resistance of other developers. Companies would not allow you to write automate, automated tests. When we start talking about that in the early 2000s, companies would not even allow you to write automated tests, right? They would drop. If you, if you broke your tasks in, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and that, and I'm going to write unit tests, they would, so no, let's deprioritize the tests. We, we came a long way, right? Uh, and now today we had even contracts where our clients were expecting tests to be automated and, and they expect not only to be automated, but also to the developers to use test-driven development specific, like uh, not just writing a test afterwards. So, so we came a long way, but I think that TDD 
it was different from Scrum or, or, or Kanban. Like it, it, it's now found its, its place through merits, through, through need, not because there is a, a, a business industry. There's no TDD alliance, right? So there are coaches, there are people specialized on all those things, but there's no centralized control of TDD, for example. Yeah. No, uh, but but there are other things that I, I think have a lot of merit. It's just they're very difficult to apply because they they pack a lot in a sim single sentence, right? You know, like if you look at Foro's a simple design and it says it's small, right? There is a lot to be unpacked out of there, and a lot of the times, what uh, or you know, a lot of times they, because they are, I mean, yeah, it has fewer the, elements. I think they, yeah, has fewer elements. Uh, but it's now it's um, because they are they leave a lot to you. They they're not like you know do this and do that. They leave a lot to you. I think they have a lot of merit. And if we really kind of put emphasis on it, and and even the way we we teach design, for example, just taking this as an example and so on, and and really start going behind those things, and we we can write quite a few wrongs in in the kind of the software that people are producing in this day and age so so the way so yeah no i i, I agree uh but but for some the way i see today is if you have a company right so that has that background right so so for some we we went through this transition right so the the, the pre-agile, post-agile, and craftsmanship and, and everything else. Um, if you have that background, that, that kind of history, let's say, or connection to certain methodologies, I think that the XP is the right, so you should, we should keep teaching the same, the same way we are. We are still teaching our people about some of the practices. We still talk about XP and stuff as a value thing. But for example, if we are driving change in a new company, I would not potentially say you need to, oh, we will, let, let's see if we can adopt extreme programming. I would probably not use the word. So I would just say like, what if we try to automate our tests in here? Maybe if we have more collaboration there, let's see if we integrate our work more, uh, more often. Let's see if we bring more people together that are that to collaborate closely. So you will find different ways, or even if you need to name, you probably name would name something a bit more modern that they can relate. We shouldn't. Let's say we have DevOps or or continuous not delivery. just modern but less scary because yeah, the whole the word extreme is scary, right? It's exactly. it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, not it might nice it might alienate <laughs> because like it's like yeah, you're talking about extreme programming. We are trying to solve a business problem, and, and yeah. for them, like exactly. they don't have yeah. that, that connection. Just look you know at the, the word. The funny thing is, the apart. funny thing is, extreme pro most of extreme programming is not extreme and not about programming directly. Right. <laughs> right. but, but again, like it's telling the story today, exactly. So this this is the point. This is why I say like the, the ship has sailed, right? So when we we are trying to bring some of those practices and values to organization, we probably would not use the words. We are not going to say we are going to do a whole extreme programming transformation we're gonna bring so but again this is uh, this is this has to do with the macro system around it not just with the you know like you're you're saying that because the approach that we follow is very much a pool approach right like we land where the client is and then we help them improve 
no, uh, from where mm -hmm. they are. And sometimes, you know, just adopting certain practices would already make a big difference, no, uh, mm -hmm. uh, to towards that, no. And practices in themselves, you can apply without having like complete, um, you know, alignment with everything, with all of the other values, right? Like as long as you mm -hmm. care about quality, you probably can do okay with, you know, automating tests, right? Like this, that's more or less the, the, the you don't have to have all the other, all the other things in alignment. Yeah. Um, and you can get there, but, you know, slowly. Um, but that's not the way that a lot of, that a lot of organizations try to go for agility, right? Uh, the way that that goes is once uh, once it went into you know Harvard Business Review and et cetera, et cetera, everyone was, oh, we need to be agile. Wait, you know, bring you know the 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 army of agile coaches, right? let's let's do this. And we want to do it in you know six months, right? And by the way, it's not very well defined. Then someone came up with the, oh, well, let, let's do safe. Right, let's define it. Let's define it very well, and for your scale, and for your, and now we're going to train your people. We're going to, and we, you know, whether you like it or not, those things help adopt. I'm mm -hmm. not saying they help get great results. Yeah, mm -hmm. but packaging is not, <laughs> which are two very different. But but it's adopted. Like people know about it. It's it's in, it's in the common, you know. Uh, uh, the zeitgeist exactly exactly <laughs> no um and i don't see anything inherently bad with the with the whole building a business around it as long as there is an ethical component to making sure that what you're doing is not harming uh, the organization is not you know what i mean so where mm -hmm. i see a problem is when it just becomes about the money right like when it's just yeah. Listen, I'll train you. Oh, this works. This is perfect. And then I go and screw another organization, then another organization, and then yeah. another organization. Right. In, and in, that's what I see in it. But that's an ethical issue. That's not yeah. a methodology. That is people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah I totally agree. Like in, in a lot of cases, you know, you look at all these great inventions. And, you know, it's, it's often not the inventor, but the one who really brought the ideas forth. Right. You know, you got the typical Steve Jobs and, Steve Wozniak, right? You know, who one can argue who was more important, right? Steve Wozniak created the the the, the computer, but if it wasn't for Steve Jobs, it would have remained in that garage. Yeah, I always say that uh, like Scrum at the time was a, a a a blessing and a curse at the same time, right? So because like in a way we we might we. We can criticize as much as we want, but like without Scrum becoming popular, uh, Scrum helped a lot of organizations across the world. It helped to, to make them aware uh, of agility or of working a, in a better way and stuff. And, and, and some was, of the XP practices even. Uh, totally, totally. <laughs> so, so exactly. So, so as Scrum became more and more adopted, and of course that they said, hey, we... They, they suffered a lot of criticism as well, a few failures, but like they said, look, we need the engineering side. And by the way, we can look at XP as well, or, or some, at least some of the, the technical parts of XP. So, so, so at least made them organizations more, more aware. And we know from experience, it's much easier for us, for a company that is highly focused on, on, on technical practices and, and, and engineering excellence, it's much easier to bring the engineering practices to an organization that has already adopted 
either uh, Scrum or Kanban, they are already working in that format, then going with our technical practice without having that foundation is much, much, much harder. But trying to bring TDG and all these, the ways that we like to work technically, like with a company that doesn't work in a, <laughs> in a more collaborative and small releases uh, approach, it's very complicated, very complicated. It's much so easier one, to come afterwards. So one thing now that we're getting to the hour mark, yeah, I'll, I'll move my questions forward. <laughs> okay, Jose, what, what's the new topic? Yeah, what's the new topic that you want so, to propose So what now? do you think, so before you were saying, um, you know, I kind of lost hope that this, uh, that, that that was going to mm -hmm. change or it's, it's going to become mainstream or whatever. Uh, it, let's say that it could. Let's say that it could. What would it need in order to become uh, mainstream in, in your book? Okay, so that's a tricky question because I don't believe that it's possible. But like, I'll go with the, the, the assumption okay. that, that I believe that it's possible. Uh, so in order to make that possible, right? So uh, I need to be a bit creative here. But I think that we will need... <laughs> <laughs> but what if, Sandro? Believe. Yeah. Right, <laughs> Believe. Okay. So I, I think that we will need, first of all, a few heads. A few heads of people that are very well known and they will need to modernize some books. They, for example, if they take in the history, I'm not trying to rewrite history. I'll say like from today, if we had to start from today, try to bring XP to mainstream, we will need to update the material to start. So there will be a, a few heads that you'll be traveling and banging the drums everywhere they go and they will jump in every meeting and they will be in those agile conferences. They will be in, in the, all those, those digital transformation companies. They will the conference. They, there will be a few heads that you need to be there making noise. They will need to bring new material up. They will need to, to modernize those things because now we have continuous integration. We have oh, continuous delivery. You have DevOps. We have cloud. We have like lean is, and Kanban are far more popular. So there are, uh, so so there is DevOps, right? So, so there are loads of loads of stuff that, that didn't exist before. So TDD is quite well known. So so they would need to work hard to modernize to, to the message uh, and, and start exciting people and creating a business demand. Once they are able to do that, then of course it creates business opportunities because as soon as it, they are pushing and people are, start talking about that, more and more companies will say, hey, now that you are saying that, yeah, we are missing that. We have all these other stuff already, but there are elements of what you are saying that are missing in our organization. We would like a bit of that. And then that's when they start generating a market of people that are specialized, that they will help organizations. But, but it's not an easy thing. You need to mobilize. We need a very charismatic people to, to do that, a few new books. And it's not one person. It's a group of people uh, making noise, collaborating. They will need to cross the bridge. They will need to, to either collaborate very well with what is in there or create a big fight. <laughs> so, or, or shed some blood. So just to, to bring attention. I, th I think collaborate is probably much better. And XP no, has no doubt, the scope no to, to, to actually bring a lot of these things together because in itself, it has not a lot of ego. And, mm -hmm. and because it's not trying to never really try to kind of stake its own territory. Maybe that was one of his problems mm -hmm. is that, you know, it can bring a lot of those things together. I'd love, 
I personally would love to get to have get you know have Kent back right like update that book. He's talking about geek incentives, which are quite interesting, but I'd much rather he updated the XP Explained book. Yeah, I don't have hopes that the the the, the creators uh, will have the the energy. I think that they've moved on a long time ago. Yeah, I think so. Right. So, yeah. so, so you you need a new generation uh, to 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 bring that up with a lot of new energy and influence. Yeah. So you so you mentioned a few things that I agree that would be necessary, right? Like you you mentioned the whole having figurehead for let's call it the the uh renaissance no the, <laughs> the movement no uh, you're gonna need a community i think it's it's as important having those those uh figures but the reality is that the change is made by the people and with a strong community you will have those people you know spreading the the message and so on right so that will be quite important i think um the uh, I don't know so much about updating the the um, book itself. I think the book can can stay like that, but new material needs to needs to come up to fill in the gap to bridge the you know the the, the differences between the different things and so on. Yeah, and uh, it needs there is an important aspect in that which is also data, which is something that, for instance, uh, 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 Jeff Sullivan has done very well. Uh, he's the, he's the only one I think that has gotten you know the, the the methodology and then went and built you know like actually did research and papers and things around how well does this work etc cetera, etc cetera, right like uh, uh, I think is the is is one of the biggest things because that creates proof not only from a point of view of you know social proof but also you know there is some evidence whether it's good or bad or whatever is or bias or not you know you still have the um the data and i think another uh, important aspect uh, to that is a, a touching on the new generations which is something uh, let's say not the new generation but the systems that create the new generation which is something that also scrum has done very well yeah uh like universities for instance, right, and going and creating masters master programs on agility, where basically you teach you know, Scrum and a few things around that, no, or, or, or things like this, and uh, and I feel like that would also help with that because it's. It, there is the you know community aspect to make it happen and to make it evolve and so on, but you also need some sort of a machinery, no, or, or system that will take people who are now joining the industry and they know about this from the get go, right? Because you can't always be breaking, you know, like having people break the barrier to then get to that, to then uh, evolve, right? Like the the prevalent thing should not be the old way of doing things. And that also needs to to change, I think. There is one element that it would be also critical that I just uh, considered now is that it doesn't matter like having big figures and stuff, but they cannot have the old message. For example, they cannot just revive the old practices because some of the old practices... Either they were superseded or there are other methodologies that would 
probably talk better about some of them, or they would have very well established uh, methodologies, or, sorry, practices as we discussed, like TDD and pair programming and stuff that they themselves, they, they have life on their own now, right? So they would not help to bring XP. What they would need, I think, is maybe, I don't know exactly how many, but like a handful of new practices that will be a bit groundbreaking, that will be very thought-provoking, that will be a bit like out-of-the-box thinking, like those practices, the XP practices were 25 years ago, right? So they will need to shake some foundation in how we see things so that people will at least be curious or even be threatened or, or challenged and say so like, oh, we, we've been promoting this for, for X amount of time and now those guys are talking about something different. That is, so they will need some something punchier in terms of the new ways of working to create traction as well. They could even talk, actually, I mean, talk about the things that are not, well adopted, but describe them better. So they can describe simple design better. I, I know Corey Haynes tried, but it wasn't, you know, I mean, it was it a was good book for a bunch of examples, but it's not. They could describe, they could go uh, deeper into the meta framework as we were talking about, the values, the principles. I think Kent Beck had a very, very insightful ideas on how the practices um, and values are breakthrough principles. I think there's a lot of, you know, if you distill those kind of things, make it explain better, make it more uh, accessible for for the new generation, as it were. I think that would also. I I think one one last thing that it, that it would need, and I and maybe Mash is not gonna like this very much, is it would need the commercial incentive. Yeah. I don't no, I, see. Don't get me I, wrong, Jose. Like no, I, I, <laughs> I was just kind of like you know, just kind of going to. I, I, we, are, I run a business, of course. I like, <laughs> I, you know, I think I. No, but business... but you know what I mean. But you know what I mean. Like that that schema where you know there is also a business incentive to to teach mm -hmm. and to apply the methodology, right? And yeah. and I feel like that would also uh, help in that sense as well because it will it will definitely make it spread a lot faster. Yeah, no um, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So shall we wrap up then? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much for listening. And as I said, you know, if you like it, subscribe and uh, hit the like button and leave us comments and give us ideas for new fireside chats because we are running out of ideas. So it would be great <laughs> to have new ideas. <laughs> and, and if you disagree, put it in the comments as well. Exactly. We would love to exactly. hear what you think. No, it's yes, like, exactly. we, tell us that we're wrong. We, we also yeah. learn from that. So yeah. it's, yeah. it's good. All right. Cool. Thanks. Oh, Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye.